Hello and welcome to this episode of Coach in Chaos. We have arrived to our destination of South Carolina, and yet we are still waiting. Waiting to close on our house, waiting to get settled, waiting to hear back for jobs for the girls, just kind of in limbo. And it's frustrating, so we have just been busy each day just exploring our surroundings and it's been so much fun and it's beautiful. We've made some amazing friendships already and yet we miss our dear friends in Utah and our family in California. But that's the beauty of understanding the plan of salvation is that we know that we will see one another again. And I'm so grateful for that knowledge. And I will talk more about that in just a a minute. I was asked to speak in church the last Sunday that we were in Utah. And it was such chaos that preparing a talk was nearly impossible at the time. And so at days previously I had been preparing this podcast so I thought I'll just use that material so that is what I used and then I didn't end up doing the podcast and so here I am finally circling back around to that sitting outside of the student dorms in which we are living in listening to the traffic go by and the birds and the cicadas and the frogs and the crickets and it's not quiet ever in the south with all the commotion that is continually going on but I have to say that I love it and I love these sounds of nature that surround me and as I was contemplating and Reflecting this morning of my scripture studies, I thought it is time to put together this podcast and present it. And I was thinking about a story that my sister shared with my girls. Just recently, she was 19 years old and she found out she was pregnant. And she nearly married the man and joined the Jehovah Witness religion. And she thought, I have my own church and decided that it was time to go back. Her first Sunday as she was walking down the hall towards the chapel, there was a man that approached her coming the opposite direction. She didn't know who he was and he didn't know who she was and didn't know anything about her circumstances. And he stopped her suddenly and he put his hands on her arms and he simply said to her, pray morning and night, read from the Book of Mormon every day and attend church every week and everything will fall into place. And she thought, oh, is that all I have to do? She believes that he was a messenger from her heavenly father because 
As she says, the rest is history. She did those three things from that point on faithfully. And everything did fall into place for her. And yes, we were sent to church as we were growing up, but we weren't raised in the gospel, having gospel knowledge and knowing how to turn or who to turn to in our personal times of crisis. So this man, whoever he was, that stopped my sister in the hall, gave her such a simple message, and it completely changed her life. She went back to church and she met Greg, her husband, and a few years later they were married, and they've been married ever since, and had three additional children, and he adopted Becca, and we are so grateful for whoever that man was that stopped her in the hall and told her to do these three things. Read from the Book of Mormon daily. Say your prayers morning and night and attend church every week. And from this, you will just naturally want to be in the temple. And from wanting to be in the temple, you will strive to qualify for that blessing. And then you'll do whatever it takes to be in the temple. I was thinking about all that Joseph Smith did for us. And I was reading the conference talk, Safety for the Soul, from October 2009 by Jeffrey R. Holland. And in reading this, it awakens my soul to a sense of duty and a sense of necessity as to where I need to be and who I need to be as a true disciple of Jesus Christ. He says, may I refer to a modern last day's testimony when Joseph Smith and his brother Hiram started for Carthage to face what they knew would be imminent martyrdom. Hiram read these words to comfort the heart of his brother. He says, thou hast been faithful, therefore thou shalt be made strong even unto the sitting down in the place which I have prepared in the mansions of my father. And now I, Moroni, bid farewell until we shall meet before the judgment seat of Christ. A few short verses from the 12th chapter of Ether in the Book of Mormon. Before closing the book, Hiram turned down the corner of the page from which he had read, marking it as a testimony everlasting for these two brothers which were who were about to die. Elder Holland at that time in this conference talk raised up that very Book of Mormon and said that he held that very copy of which Hiram turned the corner of the page down, which is still visible. Later, when actually incarcerated in the jail, Joseph the prophet turned to the guards who held him captive and bore a powerful testimony of the divine authenticity of the Book of Mormon. Shortly thereafter, Hiram and Joseph would die.
So this is the part that rings true to my heart, tugs on my soul, calls me to a sense of duty and obligation to these martyrs that I too need to step up to the plate and take upon my name as a true disciple of Jesus Christ, as he says in his conference talk, Elder Holland, I ask you, would these men blaspheme before God by continuing to fix their lives, their honor, and their own search for eternal salvation on a book, and by implication a church and a ministry they had fictitiously created out of a whole cloth? Never mind that their wives are about to be widows and their children fatherless. Never mind that their little band of followers will be yet houseless, friendless, and homeless, and that their children will leave footprints of blood across frozen rivers and an untamed prairie floor. Never mind that legions will die and other legions live, declaring in the four quarters of this earth that they know the Book of Mormon and the Church of Jesus Christ spouses it to be true. Disregard all of that and tell me whether in this hour of death these two men would enter the presence of their eternal judge quoting from and finding solace in a book which, if not the very word of God, would brand them as impostors and charlatans until the end of time. They would not do that. They were willing to die rather than deny the divine origin and eternal truthfulness of the Book of Mormon. And he continues, For 179 years this book has been examined, attacked, denied, deconstructed, targeted, and torn apart, like perhaps no other book in modern religious history, perhaps like no other book in any religious history, and still it stands. So I stand with it. I will take on that duty that I know that this is truth and I will declare it and I will share so in this podcast that I know that it is true. I was reading later in another conference talk about a mother who sewed clothing for her children to attend church. She I'm sorry, she sewed clothing for her neighbors to pay for her children's bus fare to church. The four little boys walked together over a mile to another town, boarded the bus for 45 minutes, and then walked another 20 minutes to the chapel. Would my children do this? Would I sew clothing for their bus fares? For my children to walk over a mile to another town and board a bus to ride for 45 minutes and then walk another 20 minutes to the chapel? I believe I would do that, but I can't say that I would trust that my children would do that. This is now in their hands as they are growing into an adult state of life. But I am committed to sharing and living 
the testimony that I have of the Book of Mormon. As I was researching my podcast material, I came across a picture of strangers holding on to a man for two hours after he threatened to jump off of a bridge. And in this picture, this man is hanging on the one side of the bridge and these people are standing around him. And and in the article, none of them knew who he was and none of them knew who each other were. And there's probably a dozen people in this picture and they have several with their arms through the slats holding onto his legs and his waist. It's obvious in this picture that someone or two have taken off of the, the belts off of their own pants and strapped him to the railing. And they're holding on to him until he finally was willing to get off of the bridge safely and not jump. These people are wrapping their arms around one another and around his neck and holding on to him securely. And two things, when I was researching for this podcast, two things. One, this is how I cling to my testimony. This is how I cling to my Savior, my Father in Heaven, the Gospel. And two, this is how we should hold on to each other rescuing one another from crisis, hard moments, bad days, strife, trial, even when we don't know what's going on with one another, that we take care of each other just in this very same manner. That made such an impression on me and I've kept that picture. I took a screenshot of it and I've kept that picture in my phone. I pray that in some way, that as you listen to this podcast, that you feel my arms holding onto you, wrapping my arm around your neck and giving you the biggest and tightest hug, a voice of encouragement and love. I pray that you may feel that from me. Even in the midst of all this chaos, you hear the airplane that just went over my head, you hear the birds whatever insects buzzing, crickets. It is such a beautiful place here. And I'm grateful that I could sit outside and enjoy this. But I hope in the middle of all of this, you can still feel my arms wrapped around you as you hear my voice and testify to the truthfulness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. A couple of days ago, my dear, dear friend, Alicia, passed away from cancer and three weeks ago this week just before I left Utah my friend Cindy and I went to visit her in the hospital I am so grateful that COVID restrictions were lifted enough that I could go and see her one last time and in order for me to go see her I had to pass a series of tests or questions to assure the hospital authority at the front desk that I was COVID free. And in doing so, they put a green wristband on my wrist and they allowed me to pass by them. So for the last three weeks, I have been wearing this green wristband 
in honor of Alicia and in honor of her courage and bravery and her faith. I was actually waiting for the phone call from Cindy, letting me know that Alicia had passed. But at the time when we saw her, she had not given up the fight and her son was coming home from his mission that Friday. Alicia was in the hospital waiting for Friday and she was going to see her son. She laid in the hospital with a drain, draining the cancer from her stomach. Otherwise, it would blow it up to the size of nine months pregnant. She was so excited to see her son. She was sad that he would have to see her in the way that she is. Her beautiful thick hair, her beautiful thick hair completely shorn from her head, tubes from her nostrils, hooked up to an IV tower and drains coming from her stomach. But she smiled. In the midst of the pain that she was experiencing, she smiled. And she said, but everything always works out the way that it should. The fierce faith of this mama, and like so many of us mamas who have sent their children out of their home, out to schooling or military or, or missionaries, or, or otherwise, mamas who send them out into a future that is not fully known, trusting in God that they will see them again. And I'm sure her reunion with her son that Friday was the sweetest it could be on this earth. And she has since been sent home to her father in heaven. He reported that Sunday, and I wonder if she attended. Because ultimately, she went home on hospice right after we saw her. But that green wristband I was wearing, I had been wearing, represented her incredible faith amidst the heavy trial her family was experiencing, and Alicia was only in her early 40s. It certainly puts life and all trial into perspective, and I know that she is a living example of this. And she, sending her son out for two years and not knowing for certain that she would ever see him again, she too is a part of that little band of followers of Jesus Christ and his church and of the Book of Mormon, which I too know that with unwavering fierceness that it is true. And may we stand and band together and hold on to one another so that we may all return again to our Father in Heaven. And as we have left Utah, Again, I know that we will all see one another again. And as we face the trials of our life in faithful service to our Father, because the more He gives us, the more that it is required. And if we do so with a happy smile, He will increase our power to carry the heavier load. So I think about Alicia today and I think about that young man standing on the bridge. I think about those people who wrap their arms tightly around him. I think about Hiram and Joseph Smith. 
I think about the Book of Mormon page that was turned down in testimony of his last and final words to his brother. I think about you and all that you are going through. And I know that with courage and faith and doing those three things that that heavenly messenger told my sister to do, that truly we will all be united again one day after this life. So until we meet again, God be with you. Thank you so much for joining me in this podcast. We'll see you next time.